You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. sessions in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors of shouldn't be here. It's okay. Do you know who my father is? The Roman? <coughs> Smart kid. So you know who I'm gonna be? The Roman. Very smart. You remind me of my boy. Your pop saved my life. Guess that makes us family. It fell out of your pocket. My insurance policy. There's a lot of bad people out there. Criminals. And everybody knows criminals are superstitious. Sometimes all it takes to get out of a bad situation is a good flip of the coin. It didn't work for you tonight. <laughs> yeah. Still, two heads are better than one. No? Keep it, kid. All we get is all we take. I was eight when Dr. Thomas Wayne pulled Luigi Moroni's bullets out of Falcone's chest. My father was dead, by a mobster's hand, within a year. Any connection between my family and the Roman died then, too. Thank you for stopping by. If there's nothing else, Gentlemen, these are the names and addresses for those who can account for Master Wayne's whereabouts on the night in question. A lot of names on here. Must have been quite a night. Yes, well, a man was murdered. Let us hope your respective offices can deliver for him the justice still denied Thomas and Martha Wayne. What happened to them was a tragedy. And all the more reason why your boss should stay away from men like Falcone. Will there ever be a time when the sins of fathers don't fall to their sons for redemption? Good day. 
Happy Halloween, Batman friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the Eternal Night Podcast, where we talk about everything Batman, Dark Knight, Detective, and his world in Gotham City. As you all know, I am one of your two hosts. My name is Philip. You can all follow me along on social media. Just search for Unfiltered, uh, Twitter, Vero, Instagram. You can also follow along with my co-host, Craig Blaylock. Follow him along on Instagram at Craigie Omega. Craig, bud, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well. Time for some spooky times. Spooky times indeed. We are recording this, you know, it is the Halloween season, and we are back with our part two commentary of Batman Along Halloween, part two. And as you all know, if you've listened to the first part, this will be on HBO Max, so you're going to be probably watching along with us. Um, Weirdly enough, for some reason, part one has a 30-second kind of ad, teaser, whatever, for HBO Max. Part two does not. It's very strange, isn't it, Craig? Yeah, they're just like, yeah, you know, we'll throw the ad at you at the beginning. If you're willing to stick through and go to the second one, we won't, we won't put an ad in front of it. Really? Yeah, it's it's certainly something. I do find it interesting that it, it they're just ads for things on HBO Max, and I'm just like, well, if I if I own HBO Max, I I'm pretty sure I know what's on the service. So why are you advertising to me for the things that are on your service? What was your ad before the Long Halloween Part One? Uh, mine was for the final season of Titans. So was mine. Yep. Yep. Which, the the less to say about that show, the better. I don't want to talk about that show. <laughs> let's just let's just not talk about that show. Let's talk about something Batman-related that actually has, you know... Some merit. <laughs> some, merit some great merit and just does <laughs> things to Batman's lore that's very respectful. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They look... The, the show like has the great aesthetic like the titans look look great i can say one so here's what i can say is that the long halloween part two unlike part one part one was pg-13 this one is rated, rated r. r yeah and it's not rated r because of the fact that they wanted to be like oh let's just have our characters say bad words that'll make us come off as edgy and mature <laughs> titans hmm <laughs> mm. That's not that's not my only issue with that show, but that's it was kind of I mean there's still plenty right. there's plenty of things to talk about, but that's definitely one. Yeah, and you know, I don't I don't really just want to turn this into a poo poo festival show <laughs> that we're not we're just not fans of. We're just not those, yeah. those kind of people. But obviously like, you know, we're here to talk about an animated film. We're not here to talk about a TV show. Uh but yep. it, it is interesting because that's that is what the ad was that I got to. But yeah, part two does not have an ad of any kind. It's just uh we're all Craig and myself are queued up at the zero 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 mark on HBO Max. So if you guys are following along, uh, whenever I get to three two one play, we press play at the same time. We'll be you know kind of off to the races. Also, as as we like to let everyone know, we also are doing a rewatch of Batman the Animated Series, and we'll be going and discussing Feet of Clay Part Two because in our last episode for Part One of the Long Halloween, we did Part One of Feet of Clay as well. That was a very fun episode. I'm excited to talk about part two because part two really does uh, kind of bring about the the story in more full in a more full way and picks up on those cliffhangers that we left off on. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. And honestly, um, I've seen part one of the Long Halloween. This will be my third or fourth time now, but this is actually the second time that I'll have seen the Long Halloween part two. Yeah, this will be my second time as well. So this this will be interesting. Because the the first time that Craig and I commented commentated 
through part one, I think that was that was probably my third time watching that because I had seen it twice beforehand. So this this is but this will be my second watch of the Long Halloween, and I'm I'm excited to revisit it for a second time because there there are some things that I'm keen to see and revisit about this this the story in particular. Yeah, whereas the part one was like we said before was kind of a slow burn to kind of get things ready. Part two just it, it just goes all out in this one. Yeah, they really just kind of drop you in. Really, uh, no, not too much. Um, what's the word here? Exposition on what happened before. They just kind of drop yeah. you in. You know, it's part two for a reason. So, I guess without further ado, Craig, let's go ahead and uh, get ready. So, all right, on three, two, one, play. And again with the WB animation and the, the little bit of touch of Calendar Man here with the falling dates. DC logo. Now what's interesting is you got February 14th, August 2nd, December 25th, July 4th. Mm-hmm. Back again to these great this great credit sequence. Now, does this turn into the bat symbol too? I, I forget. I think it does. I pretty sure it does you know honestly i don't remember josh and again giving giving us the the clips from the actual graphic novel yeah which is incredible and hats off to wes gleason for really casting this role these roles out really really well just yeah really well done and even if you notice like how we were talking about on part one you know the dark coloring of the animation in this movie Mm-hmm. Look at these panels. A lot of dark colors, a lot of shadow. Which honestly really does homage the comic well, too. Yeah. I never noticed Ivy was wearing a Batman necklace there. I didn't either, not until I just saw it right there. That's interesting. Oh, Michael Uslan. There, yeah, see, Scarecrow was in the graphic Scarecrow novel. Scarecrow was in the novel, that's right. Based on characters from DC in the graphic novel, Batman the Long Halloween. That's a good shot. That is a great shot. I love that bat signal, and I love the way Catwoman sits on top of it. Oh, this one wasn't a bat symbol. It was spelling out Batman. The Long Halloween Part 2. So I think, like I said in the first one, uh, I my graphic novel has the the that font that font for the the front cover. <clears throat> this is definitely the most colorful scene that we have seen since you know part one really didn't have any kind of color like this. No, I think this is probably the brightest they get between the two yeah. movies. I really do like this interpretation of Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy kind of manipulating Bruce here. Mm Mm-hmm.
I love the shade of green that they throw into his eyes. Mm -hmm. I love how she's just kind of like hanging over him. Like she's just this muse almost that's just kind of mm -hmm. forcing her influence on him. That's a come hither look if I've ever seen one. Really like her design too, because it's kind of a far cry from the way it looks in the book, but it still looks traditional poison ivy. That was one thing I was kind of curious on after I read the graphic novel. I was curious what kind of design they were going to go with with her, and I do think this was a really good interpretation. I agree. I think it was really well done, and even just like her whole overtaking of Wayne Manor. Yeah, this was just nuts. Hmm. Holiday strikes again. Mm -hmm. St. Patrick's Day. How about that? <clears throat> Raining in Gotham as always. When doesn't Gotham rain? <laughs> Maybe sometime in the summertime? I don't know. And does Gotham even have a summertime? Mm oh, there's a little leprechaun left behind. I do like how it showed how it was Gordon and Dent sitting up there. Then after this, you know, after a month, it's just Gordon. Dent's just kind of given up. Mm -hmm. Man, look at that Wayne Manor. Yeah, covered in vines. Oof. Although you gotta imagine, just one tip of that f that flame and boom. Yep. But I don't think Bruce would want to torch his own house. Hey, who could be come a calling? Gee, I wonder. Oh, wait, I know. Catwoman. <laughs> I think you've overfed your philodendron. <laughs> You have to think this would be the first time they meet. Yeah. If you wanted to treat this as its own continuity. I gotta admit that that the sequence there with Catwoman, the vines, all of that was just really well well done. Yep. And you got it, since this was you know, Catwoman's first interaction with Poison Ivy, you gotta imagine this is Bruce's first interaction with her as well. More than likely. Which is probably why he had no idea what was going on when uh, when he met her in that post credit sequence in number one in mm -hmm. part one. She just controls him through a vine. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Oof. 
figure that's probably got to hurt. She's controlling you somehow. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Just slicing away. Ivy feels every single one of those, too. Yeah, but it's necessary. <laughs> Poor Bruce. He's going to wake up. What the hell happened to me? Well, that explains like half the scars he has on his body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor Bruce. All the choreography in both of these parts is really good. The fighting choreography... You know, her avoiding all the different vine attacks. Just mm -hmm. really, really good. Oh, poor Poison Ivy. I do I do think it's interesting that without her influence, the plants just automatically die. Wither away, yeah. I actually like that interpretation of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Bruce, boy, I have a rough night. Rough night. Talk about a rough couple of months. <laughs> months. <laughs> you haven't exactly been discreet. I like as soon as she says that, Alfred's just like, I'm getting the lawyers. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, because you got to wonder what he's out of commission for three months. How much of his company did he sign over? Right. And how do you fight that in court? Exactly. <laughs> Your Honor, I didn't willingly sign this because a crazy plant lady had me hypnotized. I was not under my own sense of mind, something like that. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know how you battle that in court. You got me. Well, You're so Harvey. starting to make that movie, aren't you? I was going to say, Harvey and Gilda just can't seem to get to a movie. Nope. Can't watch a movie at home. Can't go to a movie. Tell you what, if I miss the premiere of Ghostbusters Afterlife, though, I'm going to look just like Gilda. That is quite a bit of weaponry there. A bit? A, a bit. lot. <laughs> well, how about that? Holiday Killer killed his supplier. Mm. Mm. Mom? Oh, right. Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. I do find it funny that Gordon said this one snuck up on us. Gordon, it's a holiday. What did you think? Another great shot of Arkham. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I like the design choice for Scarecrow here. I do, too. It's not quite the comic but it also kind of is a little bit of tim sale just a just a smidge there with the hair maybe and again face. kind of a bit of an homage to the animated series mm -hmm. 
Oh, Batman should have been more prepared for that. Gas isn't the only way Scarecrow can get you. Oof. Now this is very well use of yeah of changing up the animation style just for the shit of it. Yeah. This is why you don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> this is exactly why you don't do drugs. <laughs> Acids. I love bad. it. Like like that jaw. The way his jaw hangs out like that. Yeah, that's just all sorts of creepy that I'm all about. get ourselves a little flashback sequence mm -hmm. oh hey it's raining in flashback too it's always raining <laughs> in Gotham City Joe Chill. Mm-hmm. I think even made the animated version of uh, Thomas Wayne kind of look like uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, just a smidge, huh? Really well drawn eyes there. Great shot there. Mm -hmm. Boy, they left it just the right time. <laughs> they would have seen Batman as Bruce Wayne. Right. The amount of times that Catwoman has to come in and save him throughout this. Which I do like. I think that's a bit of a difference from what happens in the book, because she's just more yeah. of an antagonist there. Alfred's like, sure you were, sir. Let's get you inside.
Oh, will Father's Day have something happen on Father's Day? More than likely. Hmm. There's just something very off-putting about Gilda throughout this whole thing. Her eyes, her mannerisms, the kind of like just blank expression she has throughout everything. Yeah. You can also just definitely see the change in their relationship as time progresses, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. We never get to see them go to the movies. No. No. No, 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 no. And she locks the door. Ah. Forgot about this character. Ah, Carmine's daughter. Yep. Absolute beast of a woman. Yeah. She's got a parole officer. Oh, boy. <laughs> that parole officer's like, I hate my job. More than likely. They have little girl. She's bigger than he is. <laughs> yeah. Holiday detail for my protection. Now, this is kind of where the Archer-ish elements I can kind of see come to fruition, just a little bit. But even still, I think they they got a lot of this stuff from the book pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. As I said, this is one of the few ones that I've seen, anyway, where the changes they make from the graphic novel make mm -hmm. sense in terms of the storyline. Right. Uh, he's pretty old there, Sophia. Oh yeah. I mean you gotta <laughs> figure he's what? In his in his sixties, somewhere in there? Gotta be. Fifties, sixties, somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. Just gives her a lot of cash. Right. Go, go spend some go spend some money. Probably murdered a couple people for it, but no big deal. Oh, you see that quick little shot of Scarecrow hanging out in there with him. Yeah, that's creepy. Oh, that's right. She saw my Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Fright heist. Alfred makes a terrific Mai Tai. I want to see Alfred make a Mai Tai. That should happen at some point. It's got to happen at least somewhere down the line. I don't know. Somehow, someway. It's got to be possible. There's Dent starting to play with the quarter. Mm-hmm.
except that it would have been a matter of public record. Please, my name next young lady I want to meet. Oh. <laughs> I like that. Well, not for her husband. Jane Gordon starts laughing. <laughs> Damn, wow. Son. Just pulling out his father's history like that on him, and it's just like. Yeah. That has nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, it's literally nothing. But I like Bruce's point, how he did it to save lives, and that's reason enough to build a hospital, even if yeah. in the eyes of Thomas Wayne. It's not very often we get to see young Bruce. No, not at all. Usually the only time we get to see young Bruce is the flashback of his parents being murdered. So this is nice to actually see him kind of being a kid, exploring the mansion. But, of course, getting involved in other things. Whew, roughed up. Yeah. I think, too, I think this is the, to my recollection, this is the only time where Thomas Wayne was a doctor. He's been a doctor in a few other places. That's definitely been a mainstay in a lot of the comics. Uh, but this kind of adds a different level of, of dynamic between the relationship of the Falcones and the Waynes. Because, you know, obviously the Falcones are very much riddled in crime. Yeah. Thomas Wayne is a man of, you know, science and a man of, you know, you know, medical treatment and things like that, you know, saving lives where the business they're in is very much about that of getting equal and taking lives from others. But it's awkward mutual understandings like this between two people that make the difference in dire situations somewhere down the line, as we're going to see later on in the film. Yep. the Roman I like that how Carmine tells him you know who my father is and he says you know who I'm going to be and just Bruce just knows it's, you're, he's yeah. the Roman that's exactly who you're going to be after all this Quote of the year right there. I know, right? Two heads are better than one. All we get is all we take. Huh. 
and Bruce just got a fair point there. Any connection between his family and the Roman died. Yep. Why would he want to be involved in any of that after that? Exactly. I like this quote from Alfred right here. Coming up here in just a second. Right here. Irrespective officers can deliver for him. The justice still denied Thomas and Martha Wayne. Love that quote from Alfred. Yeah. Really shows how much he cares about the Waynes. That line, too. There will be a time when the sins of the father aren't made up for the sons to have redemption. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good thing you've got a cave to go stow away in. I love how he just said, just go pay more alibis. That's all Bruce Wayne has to do. Get some people, give them money, and tell them that they saw me at this place. <laughs> That's all Bruce Wayne has to do. Oof. Maroney having a secret affair with Falcone's daughter. Right. That's the wild shit right there. Favorite cannolis. Gonna be a mobster (laughs) mobster story without cannolis. You bring cannoli on Father's Day. I forgive. Huh. Boy, if he only knew. Oh, if only. Can't see is he getting his hands dirty. Oh, buddy, how wrong you are. And then he th- and he thinks it's Batman. Mm-hmm. Really, dude? You think Batman's the one doing this? Right. And Papa's in trouble. Well, you figure Papa's the one who shot Carmine in the first place. Yeah. Oomph. There he goes. Tough shit, Maroney. Tough, tough shit. That's for damn sure. Just watched your dad get murdered right in front of you. I know, right? Damn. <laughs> Father dead on Father's Day. And he made it back around to drop the gun. <laughs> right? That's the that's the bigger, you know, stinger right there. Mm. 
This scene gave me uh, Mask of the Phantasm vibes right here. Right. Him walking into the graveyard. Mm-hmm. There's still nothing in that grave. <laughs> There's there can't be. There can't be. There there was nothing left after he went through those turbines. Except a lot of blood. I I don't know, maybe they took those couple sheets of crossword puzzle he had and put them in there. Oh, maybe. Boy, Catwoman, you love stalking Falcone, don't you? Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> not even for his own father. Or not, sorry, his own son. Yep. How little he cared even after his death. Mm-hmm. Which is just like, man... That's devastating. Because he's Salvatore Moroni. How do you think he got through security? Yeah, for real. He probably paid off the cops. Come on now. Cops were probably working for him before they even became your security detail. Oh, more than likely. And you got to figure he, he, his father told him outright, like make make peace with the Maronis or the Falcones, and it's like you really don't understand how much of a business boon you could do for Gotham by doing that. But instead, mm -hmm. you, go, you go to Harvey Dent, like yeah, okay, there's your incompetence showing right there of why you're yep. not exactly the the most brightest you know mobster in Gotham City. Which is why I think honestly, Carmine Falcone lasted as long as he did. Yeah. Flip oh, of the coin. Harvey. Oh, Harvey. That coin. Oh, that's right. Fourth of July. Yeah. Gordon's actually spending time with his family, kinda. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Kids getting ice cream. His wife's happy. He's not stressed out. Well, only a little bit now the dark now the dent's there. Speak of the devil. <laughs> That's funny. I never took you for a patriot. 
does Carmine Falcone really look like the patriotic type? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think Gordon's got a point. Doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would have a 4th of July barbecue. No, not at all. And then those fireworks have been going nonstop. I feel like they might have looped the fireworks just a little bit, <laughs> but I don't know. Scarecrow. <laughs> His getaway vehicle is a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah, that <laughs> was interesting, to say the least. He <laughs> actually got away. Uh, he tried. <laughs> yeah, he's going to try. No, that's not going to work this time. <laughs> and he gets clocked by the Mad Hatter. Right. As much damage as Batman can handle, I'm surprised the Mad Hatter got him in one swing. I know, right? The Mad Hatter of all villains just gave him one good whack and that was it. Boy, she did not seem excited at all about that statement. Oh, no. Not in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Catwoman just saved Harvard Dent's life. How about that? And what do you think you're going to do, Dent? Right? Like, what are you going to do? He's not armed, I don't think. I think maybe he maybe has that little knife that he got from his desk when Maroney oh, went into his office, but yeah. come on, man. Dude just tried to shoot you. <laughs> Catwoman's like, I got no time for this. Right, just takes him out. She was going for the kill scratch there. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, big oomph. Oh, rock to the back of the neck. That's shitty. Yeah. Now Den goes after him.
Oh, I mean, fair point to him when it comes to fisticuffs. He can he can hold down. Damn. Oh. Just one solid kick to the ribs. That was it. Oh, to the face. Oomph. Man, he did rough the guy up pretty good. That he did. Got him pretty, pretty, pretty good in the face a couple times. Such an odd pairing, the Scarecrow and the Mad Hatter. I mean, they kind of operate one and the same to some extent. Utilizing the mind of others to true go about their own dastardly deeds. One just happens to manipulate fear through gas and a toxin. The other one just happens to <laughs> manipulate you through the mind. Definitely one of the most interesting design choices I've ever seen for the Mad Hatter. Kind of looks like a leprechaun. A That's bit. what I was always thinking, too. <laughs> looks more like a leprechaun than the Mad Hatter. That goofy grin. They really should know better, too, even if he's knocked out unconscious, to leave the Batman alone. Oh, boy. <laughs> what your ah. yeah mm. oh he just gave Crane his own fear gas ouch just laughing at Scarecrow that's messed up <laughs> what a jerk. Oomph. Hmm. Blood on your hands. That's oh, never a good literally. Look. Yeah, that is indeed never a good look. This is really where you start to see <clears throat> his other side coming out. You start hearing that inner voice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be late for court. Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm right there. You left the basement door open. I didn't go in the basement today. And neither of you are caring about that? Ha 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 What's Batman doing in the basement? I wonder. Hmm. Oxford? Hmm. 
That's exactly what you think it is, Batman. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Suspicion confirmed. Oh, here we go. The courtroom scene. The infamous courtroom scene. I do kind of wish, you know, The Dark Knight was a great film, but I was really hoping if we were going to see Two-Face, I was hoping that we were going to see it in this fashion. I think at some point this will get done in live action. Not in the way Batman Forever did it, but I think we'll get a tried and true Two-Face acid on the face origin somewhere, some way. I don't know. I mean, like we said, we know that Maroney exists in Matt Reeves, the Batman. So that leads me to believe that somewhere along the line, we're going to see Harvey Dent. It's possible. Very possible. He's also freaking out during the courtroom. Uh-huh. And this is where Batman comes to tell him that yeah I thought you want privacy guess where I found these you're not going to like it Oh, wow. An ulcer from drinking the water. That's terrible. (laughs) Right here, Harvey's just like, you've got to be kidding me. He turned on you. You should have known better than to trust a mobster. I know, right? Like, that should have been red flag number one. He walked into your office and just said, I want to work with you. Come on, Harvey. You're better than that. Should have known better. Uh Uh-oh. There we go. Oh. Mm. Told you the truth, Falcone is clean as a whistle. <laughs> what I'm told. Change of heart, I need to request continuance. Oof. Oh boy. Uh oh. Ah, right in the face. Yep. Detain the witness. Oomph. Eats through concrete. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, man. That's rough. 
You know who I am. God, even his teeth got messed up. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Poor Harvey. Well, then again, he did willingly try to work with the mob, so... This is true. This is his fault, to some extent. <laughs> I... He'll be fine in a few days, don't worry. And Gilda's, like, expression, just nothing. Just blank. Mm-hmm. Almost as if she's just... careless. Mm-hmm. Not a care in the world for what happens to Harvey now. I do like the way they did that, where the acid did damage to that side of his clothes as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, his teeth are even a different color. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. The acid even managed to do damage to his teeth. You shouldn't know better than to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he used his one goon as a shield to kill the other. Yeah, he just gives no, no regard whatsoever. Oh, Chucks yeah. that guy over and with him. And then, ah, uh, then just cracks his neck. Mm-hmm. It's like Michael Myers style there. A little bit. Oh, poor Harvey. And we got Carla. Carla Vitti. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, how did Sophia end up the way she is, and Alberto was so, so tiny? You gotta figure maybe different mothers or something like that. I don't know. Not true. He is a mob boss. Oof. You might say we put a dent in it. Oof. That that one hurt. Just a little bit. Yeah, Sophia did more than broker peace with Maroni. Yeah, where is Carla? 
She should have been here by now. Oh, she's coming. Ah, there she is. Happy New Year. Oh, poor Carla. This is a great exchange between Batman and Gilda. Mm -hmm. Where he just pops out of the shadows. Mm -hmm. She's smoking a cigarette. And kind of similar to like Batman Mask of the Phantasm, where Andrea Beaumont was not intimidated by Batman whatsoever. Gilda just doesn't... She is not intimidated by him at all. Oh, no. Not even. She doesn't even consider him a threat. Harvey never mentioned he went to Oxford. He didn't. Hmm. Batman has friends, huh? Yeah. Who would have thunk? Oh, that's right. He's just chilling in the sewer. Yeah. Now, if I recall, I don't believe this was in the graphic novel. I think I, at some point he does meet up with a lot of the other villains, but I don't remember if this is in the novel or not. I don't believe... I know he got some of the villains, but I don't think Solomon Grundy was one of them. Mm -mm. This might have been. I don't know. I don't remember. And while he's talking, Grundy's just snacking on dead rats. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Chewing them like potato chips. I bought Pringles today, come to think of it. <laughs> I don't know if you count those as real potato chips, but whatever. On a Monday... Is that what happened to you? Did you die and come back? I don't know, Harvey. Can a man live two lives? <laughs> oh, here we go. I do think it's interesting that he just he gets this like instant bond with Solomon Grundy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Calendar Man. Hello. I've missed you. <laughs> Was killed on her way to her brother's birthday party. Wasn't that terrible? <laughs> This line delivery, though, is just super callow. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
What do you know? Gordon Desmond has been here day after day asking the same thing. I'll tell you what I told the captain. Let me walk out of here and I'll stop the killing. Oh, is that so, Calendar Man? <laughs> Batman's like, oh, yeah, you think that's going to work on me? It's like, yeah, nice try. the pattern holds I believe you have something Holiday wants Ooh. longest prison transfer Maroney's ever seen how about that Yeah, if I remember, I think this whole thing with Maroni was not in the graphic novel. I don't think so. This I don't this, remember. This whole this whole attack on their caravan. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, Grundy. Ah, oh, poor guy. <laughs> He's just doing his job. Oh, uh-oh. There he is. And Gordon. Oh my god, that is one of the most exquisite-looking two faces I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And again, the voice work is great. Mm -hmm. The position is nine-tenths. Hmm. Now he's putting it together. Mm-hmm. We know everything. Oh, that poor guard. Just taking it from Solomon Grundy. What is he going to do? Oh, wait. Oh, wait a minute. This is definitely where you can tell Nolan got inspiration for the Joker scene where they where he teamed up with uh, Gordon to capture yeah. the Joker. Oh, yeah. Drop the gun, Harvey. Oof. Right in the head. Oh. Damn. Oh. Damn, he just messed Batman up. Oh, he had no Fs to give there. None. He was ready. Come on, Grundy. Move your I like, ass. I like those explosions. Just kind of annoyed Grundy.
<laughs> and we've circled back to Halloween. That we have. Oh, wow. Even the sheet looks like a bat. <laughs> they thought they were being cheeky. I caught that. the devil himself mm, I wouldn't call it that it's probably more like Falcones were so thankful that he saved their son's life that they just threw money at him <laughs> oh probably I like that two exceptionally good people living in an exceptionally bad time or bad place They were willing to pay for their mistakes. That's that's deep. I like that how he's questioning that like he did all this to honor them, but now he's feeling like he's doing it to redeem them. Mm-hmm. But it's Halloween. Yes, it is. You've blocked my car. Well, yeah. <laughs> You're kind of a key suspect. You're under police protection. That and your husband is kind of at large. <laughs> a little, a little crazy. Oh, she's, I don't think she's referring to uh, Dent there. Yeah. We'll get to that a little bit later. Man, I kind of want to see this Arkham brought to life after seeing right? it in this movie. Halloween. Did you notice the nails on Calendar Man? No. Mm -hmm. He's got nails. The 305th of this miserable heap here. Oh, man. The dry delivery of that <laughs> line. Just so good. He just sighs. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Who could be knocking at the door? Yeah, that's not going to help. No. Never does. Oh. You got knocked back on your ass. Oh, boy. Here we go. Trick or treat.
Gotham University. How about that? Hmm. He might not have went to Oxford. Someone in that house might have. Uh -huh. I have there are deep scars there. I'm not talking about his face. Well, now they're questioning whether or not they did the right thing by teaming up with Harvey after what's happened with him. Uh huh. I love that shot. Batman looking out to the city with the blinders. The way he comes out of the shadows in these two movies is great. Oh, 100%. Especially if he can get the one up on Carmine Falcone. Mm-hmm. Oof. All of his family. Practically. And his men. Now he's regretful of his son's relationship. Yeah, now. Jeez. He even, like, insulted him while after he was dead. Right. This, like, code of honor among the mafia. <clears throat> you don't go after the wives. wives oh gee look at that Catwoman's there again right she just happens to be everywhere that Carmine goes Sophia comes in that. packing a Tommy gun right Yes, Catwoman, do tell. Why are you so obsessed with them? What is the reason, Selena? Do tell. Yeah, you owe her big time, Bats. <laughs> she saved you multiple times. Right. She saved your ass ten times over. She kicked Poison Ivy's ass for you. This is true. She did indeed. Hmm. And there's one of our big reveals. Your father. Not for people like us. Hmm. Deep cut there. And then an explosion in the background as they kiss. Batman as Catwoman. Typical. 
Batman's job is never done. Never. Never, ever. Come on now. And here we go, kind of coming to uh, the final point of this story. I know, right? Culmination of everything that's happened so far. Again, Gilda just looks absolutely lifeless. Yeah. Oh, hi, Scarecrow. Hmm, Scarecrow riding around on a horse in a city of chaos. Where have I seen that before, Mr. Nolan? Hmm. Poison Ivy. And of course, Matt uh, Hatter just chucking TNT. I know. <laughs> Dynamite all over the place. Singing Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah, he does look like kind of a goofball in this movie, but he's not the main antagonist. So I'm not really too yeah. worried about it. Scarecrow's just look creepy. Yeah, I do like the design choices. <laughs> Poor Calendar Man. It's like, I'm the only one that wanted to be out. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Calendar Man. Carmine, you are an old man. Let's yeah. let's not beat around the bush, bud. Who are you trying to fool here, buddy? Your daughter can say that you're not old all she wants, but... She loves you. Is that right? Oh, that's true. Things have changed. change that's true Carmine they do <laughs> oh oh your men are dying bud like big time. these mobsters have no idea what they're in for oh no they have absolutely no clue Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> let's just go ahead and shoot a bunch of bullets at something that's undead. That'll work. Oof. Now, wouldn't that be the twist? If Solomon Grundy wound up being in the Batman, that was a big surprise. <laughs> that would be interesting. That's a character that I'd really be interested to see in a movie. Penguin. He's here. That's interesting. Yep. I think that might be the one. I don't think Penguin was in the kind of final battle in the graphic novel. Yeah, I don't think so. Joker, Two-Faced, Solomon Grundy, yes. And I think Poison Ivy as well. 
poor Sophia. I do think it's funny that uh, Two-Face was able to get the Joker to come along with him. Yeah, that is something that's obviously, uh, <laughs> you know, you got you probably got to make a pretty special promise to get the Joker on your squad or just do something absolutely absurd just to get him to do whatever you want him to do. Oof. Oh. Hi. And this is what this is what Carmine was talking about earlier. He's you know or no what Maroney was talking about earlier, you know, it used to just be organized mobsters and now you got all these freaks and supernatural things in the city. Mm-hmm. I mean you got guy who fell down a fat ass and had his skin bleached white and his hair turned green. You got Two-Face who had acid thrown on his face and his split personality is now taken over. You got a woman who can control plant life. You got, you know, a little midget in a, in a, uh, <laughs> in a top hat, right? Like You got a guy who experiments with fear toxin. Exactly. And, then and you have an undead giant that lives in the sewers. Exactly. Like, the, this is now the city of freaks and monsters I apologize little person <laughs> he's a little person it's an offensive term and I shouldn't have said that but he does look kind of goofy for all Mad Hatter interpretation that's still valid in my opinion Oh, Two-Face. There's our one F-bomb for the movie. Which is kind of funny, because the movie's rated R. So, I mean, they weren't limited to just one. Right. PG-13, you get one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. There goes his quarter. (laughs) Peekaboo. Of course... Of course, he takes out Matt Hatter first. Good. <laughs> Good. Doesn't even give him a chance, just tackles him. I think this whole last fight wasn't in the book. I think this, this is all added. Extra. Yeah, I think if I remember, he does come in and he, like, beats up the villains, but, I mean, it's very quick. Yeah. It's nowhere near. It's not like this. And I don't think it was him and Catwoman. No, he was by himself. Catwoman just decks the penguin, sends him flying. Yeah. Batman at this point is just fed up with the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Oh. So Grundy can be affected by the fear toxin? Hmm. Hmm. You sanctimonious shit. Kicks him and knocks him flying. All it took is one. Look at the Joker. <laughs> Put him up. And just gets knocked up. KO. <laughs> then he grabs the knife. <laughs> I have to terminate someone. It is nice in this one to see the Joker actually having, like, a fight with Batman. 
That's true. That's something you don't really see too often anymore. I feel like the last time we got that was uh, Dark Knight Returns. I think you're right. Oh, Poison Ivy. She's going back for seconds. Mm -hmm. It is interesting that this is the only time you really see a lot of color in both films is whenever he's hallucinating with Ivy. Definitely wasn't expecting to see the white bat suit. Yeah. That one caught me off guard. Bam, and he just takes her out with a headbutt. <laughs> Not falling for that again. Nope. And again, the plants just kind of wither away and die. Yep. Oh, Sophia. Are you finally awake, Harvey? I don't know. Hmm. You know, the detail that did to Two Faces' face is just pretty incredible, all things considered. Yeah, I agree. I actually like it a bit more than in the novel, because this feels not so all over the place and not so tough to follow. This feels very, you know, accident. Oof. Oh, man, right in the neck. Right. Oh, yeah. Selena just, like, continues to pistol whip him. Yeah. Sophia, you silly goose. Two bullets only. That's the only th part I thought was kind of silly. Like, so why is she backing up like that? Oof. Like, I, I get that she's overcome with grief, possibly, but, like, why would you start walking backwards? Oh, uh... And I guess, you know, I guess she's just like, well, my dad's dead. My whole family's pretty much dead. Yeah, and then this is just, oof, brutal. She falls in the cop car. Just, yeah, oh, man, that's tough. I mean, in a sense, too, Catwoman's losing all of her family, too. Yeah. And this is also kind of a reverse of what happened to Carmine years ago. You mm -hmm. know? He just doesn't yep. realize because, obviously, Bruce is in the bat suit. What a way to yeah! What a way to go, though. Two bullets to the throat. Louisa. Now she knows. Huh. All we get is all we take. I like how as soon as he said that, Carmine knew. Yep. 
Now there's a sequence if I'd ever seen one. Yeah. That right there. Batman holding Carmine Falcone's dead body. That's so something. with all the other villains knocked out around him. Right. Gordon turning off the signal. Harvey. Not anymore. Just like it began with the three of them on the roof. It had to be done. Trying to justify all of that. Well, at least you miss it. <laughs> Pretty open and shut case. Yeah. You're the ones who are going to need help from now on. Yeah, ain't that the truth? You don't have a district attorney now. <laughs> no. Not everything. Now, this was a nice moment. Yeah. The look of disappointment in Jim's eyes. Yep. You just, you can't believe what this has all turned into. It's also a showcase of why it's important for what Batman does and why it's effective. Because mm -hmm. there are people like Harvey Dent who are willing to change, even if it comes with such costs. Was it worth it? <laughs> I like that. He's asking if the good guys won. but they won't know if it was worth it for a very long time. That's true. And I do think this is also where you think, uh, you got to imagine Nolan got some of his inspiration for like the ending of The Dark Knight because both of them kind of end the same way. While there is a resolution and the villain is, you know, taken care of, there is this just morbid kind of, this sense of... Unease. Unease, yeah. yeah unease that is just going to now continue from this point on. Right, despite no matter what they do, that no matter what, there will always be some level of decadence and evil that rises out. Criminals are like weeds, Alfred. And this part, too, was not in the graphic novel. Uh, the graphic novel just ended, if I remember right, with Gilda just getting rid of everything and then just leaving the house. Mm -hmm. And in this one... They actually, they have Batman confront her. Yep. Which I feel was a better change. I do too. You know, you get a little bit more definitive here with who Holiday was and why. Why, yeah. Right. And also the, the touch of like Gilda and Alberto, that was... Yep. I really like this. That's just more tragic. You know, mm -hmm. add more add more tragedy to all of this. The fact that she had to give up her child. Mm -hmm. They had to give up their marriage. She had to give up her child. And yet Alberto was still not accepted by Falcone. Yeah. That's tough. Ugh. My child ripped from my womb. That's, That's just horrible. 
And it's like at at this point, you finally the whole time, you know, you're watching this. If you haven't read the graphic novel, you're going through this whole movie, these two movies. And you're like, why is this Gilda woman just so expressionless, has no emotion? And now you find all this out and you're like, I get it. Yeah, and the way she equates herself to Harvey at the end, not uh-huh. having something that was taken from her internally and even spiritually, to some extent, mentally, yeah. I suppose. And the fact that how she's saying here, she, she kind of knew that Harvey was going down a dark path. And she still even just let it happen. Yeah. I like that quote. One holiday, one twisted family snapshot at a time. Mm-hmm. No regrets about what I did to the Roman or his son or anyone else in that godforsaken family. Oomph. I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> thanks to her, that entire family is dead. That is true. Stand there in judgment. Hmm. Finished. How long did he know about me? Hmm. He didn't give you up. Not knowingly. I like how he knew who had a pretty good idea of who Holiday was by the time Maroney got knocked. Which is in, you know, is in contrast to Halloween, Long Halloween Part 1, where he felt like he knew for sure that Alberto was Holiday. Right. <laughs> Alfred again. Mm-hmm. Chocolate chunk apparently is the uh, candy that he's got there. I would <laughs> like a chocolate chunk. That sounds delicious, doesn't it? Obstinate hope. That's true. Not a lot of people share the same outlook of hope that Alfred has. Bruce is like, somebody rang the doorbell? Oh, Selena's there. That was not in the graphic novel either. No, that was not. This whole this whole little end piece here. This I thought was a nice touch, though. Yeah, I, I think so, too. A little bit of hope towards the end. Well, because remember the last last Halloween, no no one showed up. This time, yep. in a bat suit shows up. So, yeah, and there we go. Part- Long Halloween Part Two. Yep. Now I've I've been going back and forth about which one I like more, and I can't I can't even decide the two. Honestly, I I honestly just can't wait for the the big deluxe super edition where it's all just crammed into one three hour movie. Yeah, I I think I agree with you. It really is one of those that just you have to watch both at the same time, I feel. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. I feel like this is one you gotta really do either both right back to back or just you know maybe you know even read along with with the the initial graphic novel. I feel like that's mm-hmm. that's always something that seems like a fun idea to do. And yeah, you know I really do like the crisp animation throughout the two movies. I do really enjoy um, Jensen Ackles as the voice of Batman. Uh, I think a lot of his line delivery is really solid. I feel like he's brought his own spin to Batman in in, in certain regards. Mm-hmm. So, um, hoping he'll get to reprise the role. Standout voice actor for me throughout this whole thing was definitely uh, Josh Duhamel as a uh, Harvey Dent Two Face. Couldn't agree more. Just brought, just brought a great range to that character throughout the whole thing and again just slowly as the two films progress you hear that change in his voice and his demeanor as he gets more and more fed up with the system that he is a part of Mm -hmm. yeah it was very interesting to see that duality that i don't think has been done in in anime i don't know when the last time two-face was done in animation outside of the animated series i don't think i can't think of any time he hasn't been I'm trying to think but I don't think he's been in any of the DC animated movies from I the last he might like, have what, been in, 10 years in one of the Batman ones but it was a very tiny cameo I really the only thing I can think is um, his appearance in um, the Dark Knight Returns part mm-hmm. uh, part one yeah, that was about almost 10 years ago next year oh here we go coming up on the second after credit sequence which, which I'm not too keen on. Yeah, I gotta be honest. This felt really unnecessary. Yeah. And really, I don't like, know, understand why, kind of tacked on in a way. Yeah. Like, are they, I'm assuming they're hinting at an, an eventual Justice League movie? I mean, cool, I yeah. guess. But, like, I, 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 what baffles me about that is that you know, they said from the go, right before Superman Man of Tomorrow came out, that they were going to focus on more contained stuff. Exactly. And then, and then, you know, Man of Tomorrow was contained in that way, even though it had, like, you know, it, it showcased an actually slightly different looking Batman. Uh, it had Martian Manhunter in it. It also had Lobo in it. And the next movie was Justice Society World War Two, and they had two flashes, and, like, they showcased a multiverse. Like, oh, okay, that's, that's fine. But when they got to Long Halloween, yeah, it's all in the same animation style. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to throw it in the same universe, and it's just like that was yeah. one of the things people had issues with, with the, the the last universe they just wrapped up, and it's just like, well, I I don't know that you need to do the long Halloween that way. Like that last end credit sequence is the one thing that really kind of takes it away from me for this one personally. Yep, that was completely unnecessary. Because like, like, I remember when when you told me that there was an after credit sequence, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go check that out. And I go and watch it, and I immediately message you, and I was like, well, what the hell is that? Yeah, because like, it's Green Arrow and Flash, and it's like, all why? right. Why cool. would they just show up? Yeah. like There was no indication throughout both of these parts of the Long Halloween, part one and two, there was no indication of any other superheroes. Yeah, and I just find it just so tacked on and so like, oh, look what we're see, and it's just like, but why? Yeah. You know? And, like, you know, if you bring him back for, for a Justice League feature, cool. 
bring back Jensen Ackles. I'm more for it. But, like, I just feel like th- that if this was your way of, like, hinting at that, it was honestly kind of piss poor. Yeah. And really, again, just tacked on is the way the way I feel about it. It honestly reminded me of, like, those tacked on little moments in, like, late 90s, early 2000s movies where they just they we have to do something we got to hint at something coming even though it might not ever happen yeah and it's it, again this is you know tied to a very a prominent story in batman's mythos and it's just like yeah. well damn you just yes that i just experienced something great but then that just kind of felt like a little i don't know like a, a yeah. little bee sting i don't know yeah like what was that what oh, okay sure i guess and the most interesting thing is, too, they give us that hint, and then we just had DC Fandom. There was no announcement about an animated Justice League movie. So we're talking, what, probably two, three, maybe even four years before anything comes along down the line that's going to be similar to that? Yeah, I think they announced the deluxe edition of this. They announced a Catwoman solo project. They announced the... a complete CGI movie that's going to surround yeah, the... Super Sons. Yeah, Super Sons. And then there's also one more, which I'm not remembering at the moment, but... And there's a couple, like, little shorts. There's that, what was that one, the Batman Christmas thing? Yeah. Where it's, like, Damien's gonna be in, like, a six-year-old kid or something. That's obviously gonna be just, like, its own little animated standalone thing. But it's just, like, there was no announcement at all. There was no announcement of a Flash movie or a Green Arrow movie. So why were they there? There was an announcement for a Green Lantern movie. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Uh, if if it if anything, I'm wondering if that's going to be the one that's going to be in, like, this animation style. Yeah, and probably. And if that's, that's going to be the expansion of what we see next as far as, like, this little animated universe because now i guess you know the the, the two-parter of the long halloween kind of takes place in this you know little multiverse if you will but um Speaking of animated multiverse, <laughs> we can finally go back to our uh, review of Batman the Animated Series. We are on Feet of Clay, part two. Now, for all of you guys listening, watching along, we really appreciate it. We know it's, you know, it's Batman the Animated Series. Come on, who, do, who doesn't love talking about this show, right? Yep. And Feet of Clay 2... I think I mentioned on the last one that it really does kind of bring the story full circle. It's like if you watch them, I feel like the two-parters, any of them, as far as the animated series is concerned, you can kind of do them back to back, and they it, it actually flows a lot better. Like even the the cat and the claw, both parts, and now this, you know, you really do get like you know thirty-five, forty-minute contained stories of these you know villains who you wouldn't normally see in in a much larger live-action capacity. Much in the case of Clayface here, 
I feel like this episode you get a lot more of like really great Clayface usage, and and again, this is this is also a show of just how great this show was from an animation perspective back then, because Feet of Clay, both parts are really some of the most pointed two episodes when it comes to how effective this animation really can be. Yeah, the animation in this is top notch. The transformation sequences when Clayface changes really into anything, but especially in the scenes where he changes his face or, you know, turns uh, when he has that fight with Batman on the rooftop mm-hmm. and he turns his hand into like this metal claw thing that he extends out and shoots at Batman. The animation is really, really good. Yeah, it was fun watching the second episode because it opens up with some really great music by Shirley Walker coupled with, like, Bruce Wayne mugshots. But then, of course, like, he makes out on bail and him and Alfred kind of discuss of, like, who's been impersonating him and how now this is kind of jeopardizing his relationship with Lucius. And then, you know, we get that really, you know, tragic origin of, of how Matt Hagen came into contact with Roland Daggett and how... Well, and Daggett seeked him out after his accident and just basically said, hey, I can give you some stuff that'll make you look normal again, but you got to do some wink, wink, nudge, nudge stuff in the dark for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, again, just really tragic because you got to figure with Matt Hagen doing all those roles because by the end of the episode, you see that Batman kind of utilized that to his advantage to kind of get Clayface in a, in a weird state of mind, make him lose control there a little bit. Which I also liked how they addressed some of the, you know, how that affects Clayface and how he can only, you know, morph for a certain amount of time, but it does actually take some kind of like, it takes a lot out of him. Yeah, it's like, um, like he says, it's like uh, extending a muscle almost. It's a mm-hmm. part of his body. Right. Which I did like that quite a fair bit. And I honestly feel like if that were a way, if that was like the the way that people talk about how, you know, Heart of Ice is such a great template for for uh, any kind of adaption of Mr. Freeze. I feel like the same exact thing could be said for Feet of Clay for Clayface. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. There's also another moment here in this episode where Batman interrogates a guy with a a jar of some green liquid that he can't believe is crimson fever <laughs> yeah oh, and then it out. turns out to be seawater yeah that was that was really funny because you're just sitting there you're like is, is batman really gonna threaten this guy with a virus no well, I, think I think he says like african african fever or something like that crimson fever crimson fever that's what it was and he's just yeah he just keeps hitting the wall to make it scoot closer and closer to the goon and he's just freaking out more because he knows that the guy's a germaphobe. Right, but then they're actually stopped by Clayface because Clayface is going to this hospital to try and get the one-up on Daggett so he yep. can impersonate one of his men and then get him get back at him. But then him and Batman fight on that rooftop, and that's really, again, where you know you see a lot of Clayface's motion change. You, you also see how Batman reacts to it. You see Batman like, kind of get the do a detective battle with it and kind of figure out a little bit what he can about Clayface. Really good stuff in this episode, I'm telling you. Yeah, overall, this and my biggest point, the ending is just, whew, that scared the crap out of me as a little kid when he, uh, Batman traps uh, Clayface in that uh, like production room with all the TV monitors. Yes. And he loads it up with all the different roles that uh, Hagen has done over the years. 
and Hagen just starts freaking out and he starts morphing into all of them. And the imagery, man, that is some like some body horror stuff there as he's just freaking out and just constantly morphing and he's screaming mm-hmm. and he's spinning around and it's just, man, the last and that last little form when the police come in and they see him morph into Bruce Wayne. So right there, that that gets the police to be like, oh, Bruce Wayne didn't actually go after Lucius Fox. And then he transforms into this. There's that like almost like a golem looking thing where he's got like a bald head and like a sunken in face and pale white eyes. And then he crashes into the electrical uh, equipment. Which of course, Batman does some digging in his cave and comes to the conclusion that even electricity doesn't face Clayface, And that was even a more elaborate ruse of faking a death, which to Matt Hagen, who's an actor, that's got to be, you know, a, a performance skill that he feels pretty confident about. And even at the end of the episode, when you find out that he is in fact still alive and he's taken the form of a woman, you know, and you see the eyes turn yellow. It's like, man, there's, there's a villain there that Batman can find that can come back again and again. And really Batman kind of has to be on his toes and think kind of outside the box. If he really wants to try and take him out. Cause this is a guy who can take and form his own, his whole body and turn it into any kind of weapon, any kind of just mass, any kind of liquid mass. It's just, this is nuts. And the more time he needs to uh, focus on it and pick up on it, he'll be able to get even better. Right. And what's even more tragic is like Batman even just, you know, he, he sees all of this and he just wants to help him find a, find a cure. He's like, well, I, I want to help you because this, this is terrible. But Hagen doesn't want that. Nope. Yeah, really great episode. Yeah, I've, I don't have anything bad to say about either one of these episodes. They're some of my favorites. You know, I think I, I when I think about, like, maybe a Clayface in live action, this is automatically what I usually refer oh, to are yeah. these, these episodes. And, um, you know, I really kind of hope to see this somewhere down the line. It'd be amazing. Indubitably. I feel like this this deserves a four and a half stars out of, out of five. Definitely. Yep. Battle I was going to say the same. Four and a half battle rings out of five. Yep. Well, Craig, we have we have managed to do commentaries for Batman the Long Halloween Parts 1 and 2, and we've done Feet of Clay. Now our next episode will be uh, It's Never Too Late. Yep. This is, again, we're going by uh, HBO Max listing order of Batman the Animated Series episodes for anyone who is following along. So that'll be the next episode we do for Batman the Animated Series, and I think we're also overdue for the second volume of Legends of the Legendary Moments of the Dark Knight. So... Maybe we'll record that on Halloween. I don't know. I'll talk. Yeah, sounds good that. to me. Yeah, right. Sounds like a plan. But uh, in the meantime, buddy, you know, thank you again. It's always a blast chatting the bat with you. No problem. Especially when it comes to anything animated, it seems to be our forte. Yeah, definitely. That said, my friend, where can people follow you along on social media if they wish to pal around? Catch me on Instagram at Craigie Omega, C-R-A-I-G-G-Y-O-M-E-G-A. Well said, my friend. And if y'all want to follow me, you can follow me just at Unfiltered on Twitter, Vero, and Instagram. And if y'all want to follow this show, you can follow it on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Just search for T-E-K underscore podcast. And also don't forget, if you want to leave a review, you can do so on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever your preference is. And you can also interact with us through the email, again, eternalnightpod at gmail.com, or even just on Facebook or Twitter. Go ahead and send us a message or leave us a comment. We'll try and get 
we'll try and answer as soon as we can. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Take it easy. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Happy holidays. Happy Halloween. Stay spooky. Happy Halloween, everybody. everything you believe in. Not everything. Arrest me, Jimbo. I'm responsible. Not just for Falcone, but all the holiday killings. I have to face judgment. The cost. The promise we made right here, one year ago, to take down the Roman. In the end, was it worth it? He's asking if the good guys won. Yes, the good guys won. But we won't know for a very long time if it was worth it. Thank you for listening to The Eternal Night. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Media or DC Entertainment. All thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. Drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.